0: Welcome to the grappling we see exactly grappling rewind podcast. Welcome to another week in fumbling and bumbling with the grappling rewind podcast.
1: This week on the show, we're going to cover finishers only five for show the art fight to win pro sixty one the iron brown belt event for Copa Podio which is coming up soon the quintet press conference that happened this week the announcement of teams and some other rules for the event and touch on the EBI qualifier. For EBI 15, the Featherweights. So, in news, kicking off the show, Quintet had a press conference this week, and someone on Chairdog and Reddit was nice enough to translate it from
0: Japanese into English. Translate a little bit of it, not the whole thing. But what we do know so far, again, is each team will consist of five members, and the weight cannot exceed 430 kilos, which is almost about 900 pounds. 2.2 Two point two times four thirty is something like that, yeah. You know, eight hundred and fifty six. I could bring up a calculator real it's probably quick. Probably a thousand, must, Josh. I bet you it's not a thousand. I bet you it's not a thousand. Nine hundred and forty six uh, pounds. So we cannot exceed nine hundred and forty six pounds. Matches are one V one like all matches would be. Regular, but they're doing that weird. Uh, I, now I can't remember the Japanese term for it, but whoever wins stays in and they keep grappling until they lose, or it ends up being a draw. Now, the weird thing is
1: you don't have to have five members is what it sounds like.
0: No, you have to have five members. Oh, there was up to five members, five members. Okay. Teams will consist of five members. Okay. People were saying, can they do, you know, oh, it was three, a, it was a question. three giant people versus five, well, you wins. know, Five welterweights or whatever. Okay. But you can, your, yep. you can you got wiggle room with 946 pounds. A
1: little bit. You have a little bit of room there. Dude, if you find five guys that are 200 pounds a piece, that's a pretty big team.
0: That's over the weight limit. So you need one guy that's like 146 pounds. Hey, Josh, that's me. There we go. Perfect. So the match
1: are 10 minutes long. Uh, unless there's more than a 20 kilogram difference between competitors, in which case
0: it's five minutes, which is. A little odd, I just think it's weird that if you're doing almost forty five pound difference, like oh, we're not just what's the point? Just keep it all the same. Why you keep throwing in new stuff to confuse me? Yeah, they have some of the
1: rules in here that they
0: went through as well, but they announced
1: the teams, and i thought I thought there were some really interesting people that are on each team. So there's four teams announced right now. they have the just what's that word. Haleo. The Haleo dream team. They have the Polaris dream team, the Sambo dream team, and the Judo dream team.
0: <laughs> I like how they're all just dream teams. Like like it's 1980 Miracle? <laughs> miracle on ice. Yeah. Uh, are you sure they're dream teams? I'm pretty sure there's five other grapplers that you can find that are, are better or just as good. So it's I'm not going to say it's the perfect team that you would want. Because honestly, as much as Sakuraba is awesome, and I love him, and we've talked about this before, uh, I would want somebody else to replace him. We were talking before we started recording that I would put Sakuraba in the five hole and hope they never make it to him. He's like your last line of defense, essentially. Those knees, man. Those knees. just just Those everything. If somebody goes, if he goes up against the heavyweight and they collar tie against him hard, it might screw him up. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, we're we're going off topic. The Helio Dream Team consists of Hideo Tokoro, uh, Marcos de Souza, Kazushi Sakuraba, Josh Barnett, Daisuke
1: Nakamura. The Polaris team consists of Dan Strauss, Craig Jones, uh
0: Gregor Gracie, and Charles Negromonte. So far, they they're still missing a person. The Sambo Dream Team this is going to be good because... Bunch of Russian names. Marius Zaromskis, who, if I'm not... Is his nickname really the White Mare?
1: I think it
0: might be, actually. It might have just been picked up, but I. it's really amusing that it's the White Mare, if it was. Uh, Mitka Mik, Mikno? Mikno? Makita, Got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mikita Menero. Uh Teodorus... Axtu, uh, He's Lithuanian. That is probably wrong how I pronounced it. Mindaugas uh, Verzbikas and Sergei Grekio, Grecchio. Grecchio. I'm going with it and sticking with it. Yep. Josh, read the judo team. <laughs> no, you read the judo
1: team. The judo team is Bai Kung Jung, <laughs> Satoshi Aishi, and Dong Sikyun. So they have two guys left on that team they haven't, they haven't filled yet. So we haven't have a full bracket, full bracket, a full team for all of these yet. No, the
0: Sambo Dream Team is full, as is the Helio Team.
1: Wait, for the Polaris and for the Judo Team, we don't have full teams yet, like I just said. <laughs> Damn it, Josh.
0: <laughs> well, the the first guy on the Judo Team is not named Bai. It's Boo, B-U, Boo B-U, Kyung Jung.
1: See, Josh, this is why I wanted to have you read it. That's why I wanted you to read it. Yeah. So the, the first event will be on April
0: 11th at the, uh, Ryokogu Koku Geekon, which I believe is the sumo hall. I think it, that is, yeah, that I is wasn't going to say it until
1: you said it, but I, I was like, I
0: think that's where we had one it's of the bo- like recent bashos. That is the, that's the sumo hall. And it'll air on Abima TV, not S- Amoeba TV. Like
1: everyone keeps writing Abima
0: TV. Hey, autocorrect might change it. They're like, you mean to say Amoeba, sir? Nope. Abima. If you have issues with it, use like a VPN or something to get around it. So you can watch it. Uh, the, It'd be a fun event. It, look, it looks the awesome. The Sumo Hall holds like 6,000 people. So, so it could be a big event. Hopefully they can pack it, and that'd be awesome. That would be great. On the news. Is is Josh competed. He he got off his lazy ass and did something. Josh, what weight did you compete at this week? I competed at ultra heavyweight because... Going back to your old ways? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I did put on a little bit of weight, but I weighed in fully dressed, wearing a backpack full of gear. A coffee cup and a water bottle. At so. what weight? So it put me over two fifteen with all that crap on. Really you're that light? Well yeah. Damn. <laughs> you're not fat anymore?
1: Holy shit. Josh, I remember you like you're just fat in my eyes. Always the man. worst
0: the worst thing, but also the best thing is Facebook memories because shit pops up of videos. And I see how gross I was in motion. I'm like, I don't want to look like that anymore. That old Homer, the old Simpsons episode where Homer swings the bat and it just keeps going. <laughs>
1: yeah, Josh, I grappled with you as a blue belt when you were that big. It was a nightmare.
0: Uh, yeah. Now, there's a video when uh, someone we trained with, we were suplexing each other onto our crash pad. And he suplexed me and it felt super bad. And, but I saw the video of me suplexing him and I was like, God, my stomach is just disgusting. If you slow mode that and play drums on it, there would be so many weebles and wobbles. It was, <laughs> anyway. <At> episode 30, <laughs> we'll put that video out. <laughs> anyway, I uh, worked for U.S. Grappling, which is mainly an East Coast grappling tournament, but hands down probably one of the best, period. They Very well run. I like it a lot. Uh, they have a great ref cert clinic that they run, so you know what you're doing. They make you like apprentice not apprentice that's not the word I'm looking for they give you a uh, shadow yeah they make you intern a couple of them they shadow you for a few and they give you tips so you have an experienced referee with you giving you tips they're stopping the matches things which is a great way to do it I mean I'm I'm just in the process now of like actually
1: learning how to ref matches and I'm starting to ref some of our in-house stuff and it is uh I give you guys credit man it is a it's hard
0: it can be, and the rules are you know ever changing with certain things. So yeah. I was shooting Josh. Uh,
1: I was shooting Josh questions like, "Hey, if they pass in this way and take the back in this way, do they get sweep points and pass points?" And he was leading me through because that's one of the things in 2018 I'm working on developing is my ability to understand points and be able to ref properly.
0: Yeah, so I refed for a good majority of the day. Got to watch some cool matches, got to ref some cool matches. And then got to go home and watch Fight to Win Pro. Well, that was, you know, after competing, you know, it's like, all right, brown belts, it's time to go. So I jumped into that. Uh, really fun thing was I cut my finger open pretty badly at work, and uh, I've just been putting invisible bandage on it. And during my only ultra-heavyweight match... I was gripping, and I moved, and I looked over, and my hands covered in blood. I was like, "Hey ref, can we stop this for just a second so I can clean this up?" Cleaned it up, and I, I wanted to go in and barambolo a giant guy because that's where my game is sort of going. Now that I'm not fat in the gi anyway, because that's all I did was compete in gi. Not a huge fan of no gi. I'll do it, but not a huge fan I love of me it. Some no gi, Josh. I love no gi. Good for you. I don't. <laughs> um, so I did that. I got pushed away and stayed in half guard with a deep underhook trying to just tilt him and bring him over. And he just stayed away and it went to ref decision and I lost. The shit was boring. Boring, boring, boring. It was eight long minutes of boringness. And then I did the absolute, you know. Was going to try to do the same game again. The guy pulled on me. I went to pass. Got really sloppy with his D-path. And he hit me with a waiter sweep and passed. And I lost by points. I wasn't mad. Like I was like, oh, okay. You know, this is what I need to work on. And then the uh, next match I had, which was third, because a whole bunch of the brown belts just left. I imme- The guy pulled guard on me. I immediately passed within two or three seconds and spent most of my time there because I was just being an idiot. I yelled at a kid that was running across the mat because (laughs) during your match. Yeah. Uh, at one point this mom's going, get over here. Come here now. One, two. And as a parent, that never fucking works. And every parent knows that you're like, I'm going to do the count thing because then after you get to two and you know, they're not going to get to you by three and that, that you need repercussions for that. But you're not gonna fucking parenting 101 with Josh Weinstein <laughs> at uh, Chops and Chokes on Instagram. There you go. I uh, I looked up from side control and I looked this kid dead in his eyes and he was maybe like two or three. I was like, you better get over to your mom. And the kid just apparently booked it. And a whole bunch of people afterwards were like, was was that your kid? I was like, no, I just yelled at a kid because you know I'm a parent and I know sometimes you need some help when kids are being jerks because kids can be jerks. So I took third. That was it. That was a really long story of me just going, oh, I, I I took third in the absolute. But, yeah, that's how my day went. I refed some more white belt matches. If you ever get a chance to referee, strap yourself in when you watch white belt matches because that stuff. And, you know, they're learning. But some of the stuff that happens in white belt matches is amazing because they're terrible. And you're like, oh, holy shit. That should not have worked. I
1: love it. I love watching like super-heavyweight white belt matches, because you have a three-minute pushing match, following by them gassing on the feet, following by someone falling over, and then half-guard work with no underhooks.
0: Ooh, I got to watch one white belt match between two giant dudes where they were literally all over the mat the entire match until it hit the ground. The first three and a half minutes was running around. It was great. It was fantastic. You say it's fantastic, Josh? It was fantastic. I actually started sweating from all the moving that I had to do, so, you know, they were giving me a cardio workout. (laughs) (laughs) On the news. We're
1: not going to cover it, but ACBJJ did their South American Championships in the Gi this weekend, and they streamed it. I think there was, like, four or five. I think there was five mats that they streamed. Again, no commentary. Uh, I like seeing these events streamed, like tournaments streamed, because sometimes— You, your friends, or your teammates, or your gym mates, or guys from gyms you used to be at are competing, and you want to see them compete, but you can't make it. Like, I used to live in Maine. There's a lot of guys that compete up there. I can't go see their matches, so I would love it if that event or that organization would stream it. You lived in Maine? I did, Joshua, for a little (laughs) bit. For a little bit. I would love that if those events were streamed so I could actually watch my friends compete, and I would have to find some grainy Facebook video that they take with a phone in 2018, one of the dudes that competes a ton literally films on, a, on like a flip phone. And I have to watch his flip phone video of him competing. I would love it if the event with or the organizers, if that became a thing, you know, moving forward in 2018, more tournaments would just stream their mats so that you could watch it from a different location. So ACBJ did that, did that this weekend, and it was, uh, it was some good jiu to watch. So earlier this week, the EBI qualifier for EBI 15, the featherweights, happened. That's their in-house tournament that they do to determine alternates and you know replacements for their event to compete from their 10th planet headquarters so they can get their guys in there against those, the other people that are
0: seated in the event. So it was also mentioned by Eddie Bravo at the beginning that this would be the last qualifier where the person did not go directly into the tournament. So from now on, anytime you see the qualifiers, the person that wins it goes into the tournament.
1: Which is weird because that's, that's what I thought happened.
0: Occasionally it has. Other people have been used as quali- – uh, So they're alternates. Basically. Like alternates. Mm-hmm. So, so the person that won this is an alternate right now in case somebody gets injured or anything like that. Which was what happened
1: last time. So in case you didn't catch it, what happened is Keith a uh, Purple Belt from 10th, one of the 10th Planets, won the last one. And Bill Cooper dropped out of EBI, was it 14? Thir- 13, 13 or 14. Dropped out, and then Keith Krikorian on like seven hours notice won the EBI qualifier. They're like, all right, you're in now. And so he replaced Bill Cooper when Bill Cooper didn't show up or make weight. Then he competed on EBI. He beat uh, um, Matt Sarah, black belt at that event and then lost his next round. And then he competed again in the qualifier this time. Beat two black belts in his qualifier and won this event. So he's qualified. He's won their qualifier twice, and he's now an alternate for EBI fifteen, the featherweights
0: again. So, I'd like to put out that he didn't beat the second black belt. The second black belt beat himself, right <laughs> by his knee exploding. There was an audible pop by Ricky Lule. Lule. Not lol like we
1: called him the first like three episodes. <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, we can just look him up, but you know that's not how we roll
0: here at the Wrestling Rewind podcast. Not Pop how we roll. We just roll with whatever comes out of our mouth, and that's what we go with. Yeah. So he has a knee. In- he had a knee injury in the. It, was just it in the- popped. In the it Sound gross. The I always forget because he's not significant to me. Uh, the guy that refs, and then Maine tells me his name. Scott is- Ross. Yeah, that guy, uh, who is an awful referee and after ricky Lule hurt his knee sounds like an awful person in my personal opinion the way he was talking about it was this rotation it's like you you don't have any medical experience and you've only done jujitsu and possibly seen injuries but he sounded like a shit when he was explaining it there goes there goes my chances of entering in my name into ebis through their Little uh, applications. Actually, to... don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's fine. No, but he, and if, if you want to know why I think he's an awful referee, he stands off to the side and doesn't do anything and then looks at it. And then is he reacts after things happen. Like they'll run into the wall and then he'll eventually like amble over and be like, all right, move away. Or he'll stop them in the middle of something and try to drag them out where I believe it was one of the Keith Gregorian matches where Keith was on the guy's back. Or maybe it was Lou Lay when they were in overtime. Either way, somebody was on somebody's back. And instead of just saying, Hey, roll away from the wall. He tried to pull them out. He pulled them out about three, four feet. And then they ended back. They ended up back on the wall. It's like, dude, roll him back to the middle. You're not going to lose anything. Oh, wait, you're on the back. You could get up and reset this exact position. And he's just like, he was never in close for anything. It's like, you need to be in. You need to make sure that stuff doesn't happen to somebody and they get hurt. The Lule injury was a freak thing that happened and people were just turning two different ways and his knee popped. But... He's, good refering is proactive it is and it's something that i harp on and i'll watch matches and main knows about it because i text him all the time when we're discussing these things how much i hate bad refs i hate them having them having people you know coaching matches and they're being bad refs all of that it's bad josh you ever ref one of my matches or no have i ever refed one of your matches no right You've
1: ref one of Rachel's matches, one or two of Rachel's matches at different tournaments. But me, I think you've just...
0: No, I've never reffed one of your matches. You've reffed
1: matches next to me when I was competing. That's what it was. Because you're in a bunch of my videos in the background on other mats while I'm competing. And before
0: anybody says that's a conflict of interest, me refing teammates, I am more strict with the rules with my teammates than I am with anybody. And I'm fairly, I'm a stickler for the rules when I'm refing. I like to say that I'm a good ref or even better than a good ref, a great ref. That's up to the people that I ref for, but I like, no, you got to settle this position and make sure you're in. If your head's caught, I'm you haven't passed yet. Cause your head is not free or anything like that. So I ref them harder than anybody else. I ref. So that's the end of my rant. Keith Krikorian is an alternate Ford, the EBI, featherweight, 15.
1: He beat Castell too, in he this, which is was another good grappler. So it'll be interesting. I'm not sure if Kokorian is brown yet, but you're beating other black belts in your affiliation, in your organization, in these in-house tournaments.
0: On other planets, as they like to call them. Or moons. That's Mo- what they no, call them. No, that's their instructors. instructors are moons. No, the, the gyms are called moons, I think. Pretty sure it's the instructors. Why would you make a celestial body a person?
1: Why would you do a lot of the shit that <laughs> they do?
0: But they're all flat. They're flat planets. I'm not doing
1: this right now, Josh.
0: Flat planets.
1: I got Super Bowls to watch and not care about and act Ugh. like I care about. Ugh. God damn, I hate Super Bowl.
0: We're recording this really early so Maine can watch the Super Bowl with his family.
1: Really so I can be with my family and like there happens to be a sporting event on that they are very interested in.
0: I'm playing Star Fox 64 when I go home. Ooh. Far it sounds better. sounds way better than the Super better. Bowl. Far better. Also, the reason why... Uh, Krikorian is not in, is because Kevin Berbrick won Gracie Worlds, and Eddie holds that tournament in high esteem. That's and kind of
1: a, like, not an in-house tournament, but that's a tournament between um, the 10th Planet gyms it, in that area and Gracie Torrance, right?
0: I don't know if it's that, it's just, it's from Rose Gracie. She runs it, uh, okay. and does it like a submission-only style thing, so Eddie Bravo's all about that life, and... He's like, oh, okay, you won this, so you get the ticket in. So that's, you know, your— Look, it's
1: his event. You get to choose some of your guys. You get to showcase some of your guys. I honestly don't have a huge problem with that. You know, put a couple of your guys on it and showcase them. If they can beat the guys that you bring in, the top-level guys, like, awesome. Good for him. Yep. Other events that happened this weekend, the Show the Art, Finishers Finisher's Sub Only 5. I mess that name up
0: every time we do it. Every time. It's wonderful. I love it. So this is another thing that's, you know, it's uh, obviously on the East Coast. Uh, it might not be as well known uh, across the country. I'm not 100% sure. You can go to Show the Arts YouTube page and watch the other ones. That happened at noon yesterday, Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. I was reffing. No, I, not
1: Show the Arts. You were reffing a different tournament. Right. At I, was,
0: tournament. I was refing in a different tournament. I did not watch it that day. I've been watching some of it today. I want to give this more exposure. I think it's really cool that this is happening. I think it's really cool that it's happening. They're broadcasting it and they're paying guys that went on their super fights. Right. And they're getting good announcers, good commentary people. J. Ray Budo, again, I love that guy. I love that guy. He's very eloquent. He is. He's better with words than we are. Josh, that is not a high bar, man. <laughs> no, it's not. So I, I did watch part of it, and I've watched part of it as well. I uh, Ethan Krellinson, I think Krellinson. Yeah, he's he's from uh, from Canada. He's uh, he splits his time between Canada and, and New York at Henzo Gracie's, but he's with Farah Sahabi. That's his gym. Uh, TriStar. There we go. Couldn't remember it for the life of me. He won it as a hundred and forty-five pound. Person. It was a 170-pound tournament. He jumped in late, and he won. We're not giving as much information as we normally do because we want to highlight it more. Basically,
1: or, Josh and I want to go through and watch, watch it the event and discuss it. And discuss it. So we're going to talk about this a little next week, but go we back, watch this event. It. Yeah, go back watch this event, and we're gonna talk about it next week. We think it's something that deserve deserves coverage because it was a good event. It was put on well. There was good commentary. It was a
0: good production. And- cool matches in between just the tournament. You know, there were there were. It wasn't just the one seventy pound tournament. There were a few other matches Super as fights. well. Super fights. Uh, Marcel Gonzavez was was on there. Yeah. You know. I think
1: Childre was on there too, Jesse Ray Childre. I thought I saw him with a check as well, but I could be
0: incorrect about that. We'll, we'll correct me next week when we talk about that.
1: So go back, watch this event. We Show the art on YouTube. Talk about it next week, and we're both very happy with how that event turned out. Indeed. Moving on to Fight to Win Pro 61 in Garden Grove, California. This event paid out
0: $31,460 in salaries and commissions. They talked a lot about it being a packed house. That's like awesome. So hopefully it sold out. Indeed indeed. Submission rate 14 of the 33 matches matched matched as matched matches as matches finished by submission which is 42% roughly. So uh, you know under that we had a, we had a little a couple of months of above 50% we now did. and or a month we just had a couple of cards that were above 50%. Slowing back down again, but that's not bad. I'm, I'm, that's not bad. Let's let's keep up. Yeah, more this matches right?
1: on this card. Usually the cards have about have actually exactly thirty matches. So thirty three is more matches, which explains why this event went to like one thirty ish our time. Not mad at it. Just uh, started a little late for me on the east coast. Started at nine p.m. But you know whatever. It was a good event. I enjoyed it. Commentary was good. Um, I have a, the commentators written down here.
0: Ooh, fancy taking that with the names here. Mm-hmm. Names. It was. John, John Evans, Evans and Chad George, who, who's uh, EBI champion, Chad George, uh, the combat jiu-jitsu champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. talked.
1: He talked about. It. He did a little bit during the event. He talked about himself a bit and like guys he's faced and guys he's been against and when he didn't get to go against barrett yoshida but you know it was good it was a little story timey at places but commentary was good commentary was knowledgeable talked about different positions talked about why things were working why things weren't working talked about what you were looking at and where guys should go and women should go from certain positions so all again good commentary good to hear that it made it and again makes the event more enjoyable indeed so a good event overall. We're gonna start breaking out. We're gonna give you the results for all the matches, starting with the teen results. First match:
0: Juno Lucero defeats Robert Connolly by decision. Teens' fight of the night because it was the only teens' fight. And of it, I thought the there night.
1: were two teen matches on this card, but may, one might have dropped initially when I looked at the card. I thought there were two, but I could be incorrect about that. There seems to be only one on the results sheet here.
0: Yep. So into purple belts, Albert. Uh, l- 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 Albert Tapia defeats Quang Ho or Quang. I'm going to go with Quang. I'm, I, I, I think it's Quang. Quang Ho by decision. Anthony Aguilera defeats Sam Hand by bow and arrow choke. Brad Johnston defeats Gabriel Gaudio by decision. And that was fight of the night for the purple belts. Joe Warner defeats Tyson Blair by decision. Brandon Tran defeats Michael Bravo by Kneebar. That was submission of the Knights for the Purple Belts. And Sam Sherrill defeats Christopher Udon. Udan. Udan? Udan. Udan has an O, Udan has an A by toehold. One of the Brown Belt results. Rick or come, yeah, Camarero or... Yeah, Camarero. Camarero?
1: I think gosh. Camarero is correct.
0: Camarero. There we go. I did not have all this problem during... U.S. Grappling announcing any names.
1: Josh, it's live now. You got to, you know. I know. I had a so Vin win,
0: and I, I, I nailed it first try. V a V i h n n g u y. you know, yep, when?
1: Dude. I was listening to Demetrius Johnson's um, Did he say stream. McGinnion? He, he said Nugent, because Ben <laughs> Wynn, because was, he was dropping gyms for his character, to like where the character was going to train for that training camp. And he was like, oh, I'm in this camp. And he looked, and he goes, oh, Ben win- Ben Nugent. And I was like, that's actually Ben Wynn. So yeah, out.
0: I nailed that one. Boom. Like, that's in his division, though. Like the guy, like <laughs> that's how much he cares about his division. These guys don't matter. But it to was me. just
1: funny to hear Demetrius Johnson fuck up a name of a guy that's been in the UFC for probably two or three years at this point. That was the guy that Reddit got in. Like we had the knockout of the guy with all the tattooed faces. That's Ben Wynn. Oh okay, yeah yeah, 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 that's him. And Demetrius Johnson fucked up his name. He's like, he's been in your division for like three
0: years. Doesn't know his name. He can he can join us. Maybe we can uh, jump on his Twitch stream and pronounce names wrong with him. <laughs> anyway, uh, he defeated P.J. Uh, Montano by toehold. Michael John defeats Josh Smith by decision. Sid Scrobe defeats Nick Spacek by split decision. We've seen
1: both these guys in fact win before. Oh, we saw course. Nick Spacek versus uh, Eric Coe. I called him Tyler Coe
0: <laughs> last time. Not sure why I did that. Uh, Dennis Andra defeats P.J. Montano by Kimura.
1: So P.J. Montano is listed uh, twice. He's listed versus Rick Camarero and here, so it could be written incorrectly, but I don't have notes on this section of the brown belt results, so that's what we're going to go with. If that is incorrect (laughs) and someone does see that, please let us know, but I doubt there's two guys named P.J. Montano on the card that competed almost back-to-back.
0: There's always a possibility. He could have just stepped up and filled in. Uh, at this point, I still wasn't home, so I was relying on Maine's note-taking, but that didn't come through. <laughs> My bad, Josh. Natalie Hibero defeats Nikki Sullivan by decision. Wes Levine, Levine, not sure, defeats Mustafa Saba by decision. Badass name. Robert Lopez defeats Morgan Smith by decision. Connor Donaldson defeats Juan Lopez by armbar. Submission of the night for the Brown Belts. Clifton Tashima defeats Darby Faulkner by triangle. Darby Faulkner, this was made, uh, this was a point by the commentary that he was the guy that got Imanari rolled by Marvin Castell.
1: And that highlight video with like 17 million views last time I checked. Little odd you'd call that out for, um, for the guy that's competing. That like, hey, his biggest thing you know him for is this highlight submission that he got subbed in.
0: You have to have some sort of talking point about him. If they're going to
1: compete against Marvin Castell, like don't call out that he's the highlight
0: real guy. Ready? This is mine. If I were to compete again. Uh, so he's, he's, he's done fight to win twice. He's lost. Oh, and he used to be fat. There you go. There's the talking points for me. Josh, the talking points are you're the co-host of the grappling rewind podcast.
1: (laughs) One of the only podcasts, the only podcast that breaks down professional submission, grappling results on a weekly basis. You're such a dork. If I wouldn't have messed that up, I could have used that
0: as like a thing to post to Facebook, but I messed it up, so we can't now. Good job. And then uh, Brittany Elkins defeats Tara White by split decision. This was
1: fight of the night for the brown belts, and this was for the title, for one the 170-pound title. We're definitely going to talk about
0: this uh, a little later in the episode. Yes, indeed, we are. Moving on to black belts. And my personal fight of the night, because that... It was crazy. Catherine Perret defeats Aaron Hurl by split decision. That shit was wild. Uh, Alexis Fonseca defeats Andre Pontes by split decision. Kuwan Barbosa defeats Ryan Robertson by choke. Here we go again when they're grabbing stuff from the uh, Facebook page and just posting it on uh, Flow Grappling. Jeremiah Jeremiah defeats Abner Sifuentes by heel hook. His name is Jeremiah Vance, by the way. It's not Jeremiah, Jeremiah. So Jeremiah Vance defeats Abner Sifuentes by heel hook. Donald Bailey defeats Marcelo Lucena by decision. Felipe Fogelin defeats Steven Martinez by cross choke. Ricardo Pancho <laughs> Pancho Feliciano defeats William Wheeler by loop choke. Brian Mendez defeats Ryan Robinson by... Hamstring slicer, that gets submission of the night, and it should.
1: <laughs> Hamstring slicer, like yeah, you, you get submission of the night for that.
0: Rodrigo Antunes defeats Brian Clavel Clavec-
1: Clavasila.
0: Yeah, there we go by decision. uh Albert Ag- Aguirre, Aguirre. God, man, I'm so bad at names. Defeats Hector Tapia by Clock Choke.
1: Josh, I'm worse at names. That's why you're reading these and I'm not. <laughs> this card was interesting. They had a lot of uh, chokes with the gi. There was a lot of gi matches and there was a lot of black belts that were finishing other black belts with gi chokes. I found it kind of interesting. There was a lot of that 50-50 footsie where no one gets finished and it's a hard decision or a split decision. And there was a lot of cross collars, loop chokes, and cross chokes in this particular event. I'm not quite sure why.
0: It's because that shit's awesome.
1: It is awesome, but... You start, I think you're starting to see guys work on that again, and you're starting to see it creep back into you know, the high level game because Hodger goes. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Hodger was really good with that. Maybe we should, yeah. you know, maybe it has some real merit. And so I think recently we've started to see that creep back into the black belts. Guys are getting finished with cross collars and X chokes and collar chokes again.
0: So back to results Omar Saba defeats Kuhio Tabankura by cross choke. Jason Youssef defeats Jeff Nolasco by decision. That was fight of the night for the black belts. Everybody's favorite competitor. AJ Agazarm defeated Chai Sitsuit, Siri suit. I, I heard it and I couldn't pronounce it by split decision. We're going to talk about this one. Indeed. Kleber Luciano defeated Barrett Yoshida by decision. Which was a title match? Yes, it was the lightweight title match. Masters, 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 I lightweight think title was match. This is
1: the first event where they've had masters titles, so that was very interesting as well. I'm curious to see. I mean, I assume they're going to continue to give do masters titles for all of the weight classes, but this was the first time I've seen a masters title uh, be competed for in Fight to Win Pro.
0: Followed by the next masters title at 185, where. Thomas Cronin defeated Mark Vives by decision. Mark Vives has been on a whole bunch of them. We, we've talked about yeah, him Yeah, we've covered times. him a couple times. And Joao Assis defeats Antonio Braganetto by decision in the main event. Indeed. So yes, let's start
1: off with the Brittany Elkins event versus Tara White.
0: The whole event? They had an event? Did they shoot out confetti? Did they have t-shirt cannons? They did not. Do you know how excited I get when I see t-shirt cannons, dude? For a ten dollar t-shirt, like
1: I will, I might step on a child.
0: I no, I'm not even excited about the t-shirt. I'm excited when people aren't paying attention. They get hit by the t-shirt. Oh, that's amazing, flying at like fifty miles an hour. It's great. Yeah, boom, free merchandise. It's like, nice. And then, oh, Maine hated that because it spiked the audio. Yeah, thanks a lot, Josh. <laughs> But they turn and people get hit or when you know anytime you see somebody get hurt it's anytime funny. you see someone
1: throw free things into the crowd, somebody's not paying attention, especially now with
0: phones <laughs> somebody gets hit in the face and it becomes a highlight real moment for my life Josh even even when You know, I don't really watch baseball, but when somebody posts a highlight, when a bat gets loose and hits somebody in the face. Okay, a bat's
1: a little far. Like, I'm not as as bad a bat. No, that's just funny. I'm sorry. It is funny, but it's like, oh, man, you got got batted in the face on your evening (laughs) out, and you're in the front row, so you paid, like, Two hundred and fifty bucks for those tickets. Like you paid two hundred and fifty bucks to go to an event and then go to the hospital. Like your whole month's fucked up. You get hit with a bat in the face, your whole month is fucked up, Josh. That's why I do jujitsu so I don't get hit with a bat in the face. You paid money to get hit with a bat in the face.
0: It's just so funny. I have the worst fucked up sense of humor. (laughs) Oh anyway, oh recovering from that. Nobody got hit in the face with a baseball bat during this match. I would hope not, Josh. No. So the lead up to this, this is the com the the, the commentary kind of threw me off with this. You know, they're announcing Brittany Alkins. No, she's you know the the current champion right now. This is a
1: rematch, though. They've they've went against each other before.
0: I was gonna get to that. All right, Josh. I'm listening. Thank yeah. you for talking over me. I do that a lot. <laughs> so you do I- too. So they're they're like oh Brittany Elkins, okay and then Tara comes out and she's like an eight time world champion a six time Pan American champion I'm like at, at what belts like it it really doesn't matter to me until you get to black belt it's you have those accomplishments and pretty sure most blue belt world champions are better than a lot of regular brown belts or possibly even black belts but. You know, it it doesn't matter to me if you're a multi-time blue belt world champion or purple belt pan winner. It's got no no uh, weight. Thank you. No weight on what's happening, especially if those are gi matches. This is a no gi match.
1: There was a really interesting thing uh, I saw years ago when Lloyd Irving was doing a lot more of their videos for their behind the scenes for their guys. They a bunch of them went to an event, I think it was the Worlds or something. And one of their one of Lloyd's brown belts went, Even if you win at brown belt, you're still the tallest midget. And I was like, Damn, like it was a brown belt saying that, like, even he understood as a brown belt, if he wins this event, it still doesn't hold a ton of weight. Like, for me, that's still amazing. You're you win at a brown belt level, like, we can all admit you're a pretty fantastic grappler, you have an outstanding degree of skill, but you're still not competing against the best people, you're still competing against people that you know, aren't at the black belt level yet. So you're kind of gripe with it, Josh. That's
0: that's where I was with it. And the other thing was Tara's 0-3 at Fight to Win. So she's not fared well in the competition that we're doing right now. And, you know, you're not really playing up the person that's the champion. So that was kind of weird to me. And from there, Brittany just, she ran away with it. Good. Honestly, up until the last maybe two minutes, where she was slowing down a little bit, maybe she was tired. White had a reversal at one point. Yeah, I mean there was some back and forth, but Tara really didn't have much to work with, and Britney's sprawls were were really really she fights and she fights for Bellator. Yeah, but still her sprawls were good. Like you're not it's not a mix of being that reactionary thing. But the other thing was Tara had the grip on the back of her thighs and Brittany was sprawling super hard. And she was just in like a complete forward fold, still holding onto it. Right. So both of these competitors were super game. Both of these ladies were super game going for this. But I just personally, I felt that uh, Elkins took it there were some times where it it got a little shaky for her but there was absolutely no reason why she should not have won and she did so she stays the welterweight champion i don't know if they run it same weight wise for them but they did announce it as the wel- women's welterweight championship if 170 yeah i
1: would assume i mean i think for the most part if i recall correctly they run it like MMA weight classes. I think bantam weights 135. I think lightweights 155. I think welterweights 170. Um, if I recall correctly, I think when you get to the upper levels, I think they have a 220 weight class that they talk about. And I think they have something above 220. I think they have a heavyweight, a light heavyweight, and they have a 220. But I could be incorrect about that. Again, she looked good. It was a good match. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good pressure jujitsu, nice transitions. You see. The one thing I thought was very telling in this match was Brittany would get into like a, almost like a tech mount, but from like a top half guard and very, very calm, very methodical in the way that she used her pressure and kept that position. She never saw her really overcommit her weight. She's taller, she's longer, so she has to hunker down in those positions. And you saw her use the attributes she had very well, but very methodical game, didn't try to scramble anything didn't try to move it was a nice good technical
0: heavy pressure jiu-jitsu. another funny part was seth was coaching her and there were certain points where he was being very non-verbal and i'm watching him making faces and at one point he's shaking his head no to not do that but she wasn't looking so it's like you're not you're not shaking your head at her to tell her not to do that and he kept, like, smacking the mat to get her her attention to do something without saying, hey, go to this position. And I was just like, oh, it's a very interesting way to coach. You think it's something they've
1: worked on before? You think that's kind of just that style more of coaching?
0: Than, more than likely. I mean, she's competed for them. They work together. Yeah, every weekend. <laughs> so maybe that's just how he works it and how she's used to it. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it was just amusing. He was like watching his faces and you used to be like, no, I don't like that. Or it's like, yeah, go for that. But it, some of it was non-verbal. I mean, you could hear him calling out stuff, but some of it was non-verbal as well. Going into the Catherine Perret and Aaron Hurl match. I thought that shit was wild. First of all, I'm going to just get this out of here. When she smiles, Catherine, that shit's infectious. That shit just makes me happy. She had a good smile, Josh. She's got a good smile. It just makes me happy. Teeth so, are super
1: straight. doesn't have those
0: fighter teeth that, that I mean, everyone else in our gym has. I, th- <laughs> I think you, uh, braces in, in Brazil is super cheap to get, too. So oh, yeah. even if her teeth weren't straight and she got them fixed originally, this is not the point. She's got a really infectious smile. and I'm like, all right. Uh, I was telling, also telling Maine that sometimes I just follow people on Instagram, doesn't matter who it is, if they they have a lot of pictures of them smiling because it just makes me happy. So, Josh is a happier guy than I am. I try to be happier. Yeah, I, 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 there is a lot of hate in here. Man, the hate
1: fills me, Josh. <laughs> Gives me the power to succeed.
0: I try to be a little bit more positive nowadays. But anyway, Aaron Hurl's got a pretty good smile too. So there we go. So the battle of two good smiles. Catherine looked Way bigger than Aaron.
1: Yeah. It was way bigger. I was kind of surprised how much bigger she looked. And I wasn't sure. I mean, they were in the same weight class. It was just. I was, wasn't was sure exactly why. She, if she was, in fact, that much bigger. Or if there was a weight cut. Or if it was. I didn't know exactly why she looked so much bigger to me. But that was one just thing I
0: noticed that was. A, them standing next to each other. I was like. Whoa. I mean, this is a 140 pound. I don't think Aaron's 140 pounds. What do you think she weighs? Like. You think she's going up
1: like Patty used to do?
0: I think she's just was like, I want to do the match, and yeah, I'll come to this. Uh, she doesn't have to cut so much weight. Right. Either way, that shit was wild. Yeah. Catherine came in hard, really quick. Aaron was you know playing guard, and Catherine just zipped by. Catherine recently got promoted, didn't she? Like pretty recently. Well, so did so did Aaron. Um, they're both newer black belts. Okay, so. I don't think that had any anything to do with it either. I just thought it was point of information. Thanks. <laughs> There's the hate. It's leaking out. Uh Catherine got by and did that really nasty like neon belly position where you grab the pant and the sleeve and you sort of dig it in and she looks up and she had that big fucking smile at then I was like, Ooh, that's kind of mean. It's a rough
1: neon belly. It's that it's that knee drive neon belly where you like squat you like deadlift them up into your knee and you put your knee into their solar plexus and try to make them quit.
0: So I'll I'll use another reference: Uh, Isaac July, who is a former fight to win pro competitor at the Maryland card. Oh yeah, yep, was coaching against one of our gym mates, and our gym mate was in neon underneath in neon belly, and Isaac just yells cook him and he just grabbed the pant and the sleeve and just lifted it up and i was like oh that looks so bad so yeah Catherine was cooking her with that one uh she recovered and went back aaron has a really good guard when it comes to her feet and another point that the commentary team brought up was cobrina talks about staying on the balls of your toes like staying on your toes to help create space and help sneak those legs in more to help invert. And at several points during this match that happened where she was staying up on her toes, shot through inverted and recovered and wasn't in a bad position anymore. So it was a lot of Catherine's pressure versus Aaron's dexterity
1: and ability to kind of regard and make, try to make the space in those, in the places when Catherine was
0: really trying to pressure. Yeah. And You know, she comes up on— She swept her and came up on top at one point. You know, they were trading uh, submission attempts and getting towards the end of the match. It was, at that point, really close. Yeah, the entire entire time, the beginning of the match especially,
1: I was—I'm trying to look at this from— I'm understanding fight to wins decision-making for who wins. They really put submission attempts at the highest criteria you need to be attempting to submit your opponent. And this match, I was looking, okay— submission for submission, submission for submission, position and dominance. And it was really close going. I think the last like the last s- 10 seconds, minutes.
0: Catherine got a toe hold, And that I believe was really the deciding factor was yeah. that toehold where Aaron was smiling. Like I, I got this one in the bag now because of what I had been doing previously. But Catherine was going for that toehold and going, Hard. Super hard for and Aaron it. Aaron was just rolling and smiling and trying to get out of it. Time ends. You know, they both think they won. And it came down to a split decision, but Catherine took it. Great match. Once Flo Grappling, you know, decides to eventually upload the videos. Go watch it. Definitely. Yeah, really good back and forth. Great, I think,
1: stylistic matchup as well as nice, even matchup. We didn't see anyone get steamrolled here. It was... You saw two different styles of jujitsu work very well against a completely different style of jujitsu. So, yeah, it was a great match to watch. Indeed. So the other match I want to touch on was Ricardo Antunes from Paragon versus Rodrigo Antunes. Rodrigo Antunes. <laughs> Atunes man, Atunes versus Brian, uh, K- Josh. That give me that name, man. Clavasila, which I screwed up before, and I figured it out now. Yeah, it's Clavacilla. Uh, <laughs> And Ricardo wins by decision. This was an interesting match because we had a CSW guy versus a Paragon guy, and CSW is known for, you know, that is, leg locks.
0: It's Eric Paulson. Eric Paulson, like thank you. Guy. I
1: couldn't. And uh, Josh Burnett comes originally from there, sort of, sort of. You know, earlier in his career.
0: But he's a Paulson uh, guy. Brian's also out of Brea Jiu Jitsu, which I, again I believe is trumpet Dan on the message boards and things like that, uh, and YouTube's.
1: There was something really interesting about this match that I like. There was a waiter sweep that the commentary team talked about a lot, and this is where I really thought the commentary team— this is one of the best matches I think I've seen for commentary in a little bit. They very, very, I mean, in a defined way, broke down exactly why the sweep was going to work way, like 30, 40 seconds in advance, and broke down what would happen once the competitors got to the position after the sweep happened, and— They were doing predictive commentary, like, okay, he's in this position, he has this grip, he's using this grip to do this thing, he is going to elevate and turn him in this way and end up in this position, Then once he gets into this position, he's going to do X, Y, and Z. And the match was good in itself, but I thought the commentary really shined through here in the way they did predictive commentary for this match. So, go back and re-watch this match, listen to the commentary, and it's an outstanding match to watch if you're trying to figure out— what you should be doing when you watch a match. Think about not only what's happening in the match, but also what's going to be happening once competitors get to the next position in that transition. So, onto a little drama. We had AJ Agazarm versus Chai Sirasute, and AJ wins via split decision, and he was quite unhappy with that and posted about it on Facebook. And Josh talked. Josh and I talked about this a little bit before the match and our thoughts on judging. AJ was very unhappy that he won a split decision because he didn't think, it, he didn't think that it should have been a split. It should have been a decision. I, I agree that AJ was very dominant through the entire match. You saw him taking position. You saw him getting mount. You saw him working somewhat for submissions. But the 10th Planet guy, um, Shy, didn't put up a whole lot of offense and never really got into dominant positions. And it was pretty clearly, at least from my perspective, a match for AJ. And AJ had some problems with it being a split decision.
0: I mean, I felt the same way. I I don't I'm not saying that AJ didn't win where it should have just been unanimous. That's I'm not one of the judges. I didn't say like this is what I think, this is what I don't think. But the most interesting thing for me was the the person that gave it to
1: Shy was the head ref for fight to win was the center ref with the main ref and Seth Andrews actually
0: commented AJ and Seth went back and forth on Facebook for a little bit. Not back and forth, but AJ posted and a few people responded, and then Seth responded, was saying, hey, it was our head ref. And just left it at that. Didn't say, like, you got an issue or anything like that. He just said it was this he person. He provided information about and the he question. he tagged him, just being like, Robert, here you go, because that's the head ref's name, Robert. He Here this is. You know, whether you choose to respond to it or not was up to him. A.J., Again, being everybody's favorite grappler that doesn't complain ever. First comment was him posting a GIF of somebody going, ooh. That's then, Someone's LeBron James, actually. I, I know who it is. I'm just, you know. Josh, I didn't know if you did, actually. I, I know famous sports people, but that's only because other people talk about them. That's valid. He posts the LeBron James GIF of LeBron James going, ooh, like what the hell? And then follows replies to his own comment saying, Split decision question mark. Obviously, that was the the vocal. Josh, this is an audio podcast. Vocally, you could tell that that was a goddamn question mark at the end of it. Anyway, then he goes, does anybody know the ref in the middle? That's how AJ sounds to me. Sorry. Uh, Maybe he thought I was blue. Trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Obviously, he's not. Obviously, he thinks that the head referee was fucking wrong. He's like, I don't agree with this. But he's trying to save face and not seem like a dickhead, which at this point I'm kind of don't know why. Like you got into slapping match with Jake Shields at
1: SUG, got kicked off the stage by Wagner. Like, like be like own it like Chael owns it.
0: Just yeah, he own wants it, to man. be Chael, but he's not good he at it. Who well,
1: doesn't talk like Chael?
0: But it. <laughs> God, no, he does not. He does not. <sighs> Put a microphone in front of him; it sounds like us. It is bad. <laughs> anyway, so. He he's he says he's giving him the benefit of the doubt. He posts the picture of the flags going up. You know, you see the ref in the middle holding up the blue flag for the other guy, and somebody just responds, Don't leave it to the refs. Okay. Which
1: which I hate personally. I think that I hate that saying, like, don't leave it to the judges, don't leave it for the refs, because you have a defined Judging criteria, you have a defined way in which you, you judge who won a match. And fight to win has different criteria than other organizations that have decisions. So I think that I, you should never get a split decision. It shouldn't be a thing. You shouldn't see it differently because there's a defined set for how you're scoring the match. And this is where Josh and I, as Josh is about to
0: say, disagree on this point. Hey, bro, don't leave it to the refs. God. Do you know how many times I said that yesterday as the referee? Don't make me pick. Because when it comes down to something where nobody has an advantage, nobody has points, or the criteria is what looked cooler during the match gives that person the win. Like, if you're going back and forth and it's like sweep, 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 okay, now it's 8-8. There's no advantages anything. What do you do? The referee has to pick. Anything can interfere with the referee's decision. Maybe the head referee doesn't like A.J. Agazarm. Not not hard to do. Not hard to do. You know, and there have been times where I've refed people that I know against other people that I know. And I'm just like, I think this person won. Afterwards, they come up to me, I think that was the wrong decision. Mind you, this is the person that won. And then later down the line... They go, you know, when I told you I don't think I won that match, I watched it again a couple more times and discussed it with the person that lost who we thought won. He lost. And they see it. Reffing is not an easy job. I've said it multiple times. I'll say it a billion times yeah, more. I'll, I'll say it. I did it, you know, last week. and It's, it's hard. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult. And people are going to get mad at you. And you have to just learn how to brush that off. Carrying on, people started making jokes and everything like that. Somebody said it was Wagner Hosha's cousin. Hey, we brought up Wagner Hosha. Every podcast. <laughs> and Seth responded with, it's our head referee. So then AJ, in uh, I'm pretty sure he meant it to be condescending or just, you know, a dick way, says, okay, what happened? You thought I was blue? And somebody, this shut down the response thread because the head referee did not respond, and good for him. Uh, He said, it is what it is. You should PM him. That should have been from the beginning. AJ should have messaged Seth. Hey, Seth, who was that middle referee that picked for the other guy? I'd like to ask him why he thought the other guy won. You know, that's not unprofessional. That's not a dick thing to say. He's just questioning it. You know, why do you think that? Can we have a discussion of why you thought that he did more to deserve the the victory. That would be the right way to go about these things. That would wouldn't, That is how a normal human being should respond. Not posting a GIF of LeBron James making a face. Moving on from our
1: love of AJ Aga's arm to the Clever <laughs> Lucio versus... Luciano, L- you just said it, said it just right said before it you started recording and you fucked it up. The Clever Luciano defeats Barrett Yoshida... Yoshida. <laughs> Via decision, via me not being able to pronounce words. Wow. This is a good match. Uh, Both veterans, both been around a long time, competitive. It was for the Masters title. Which is the first time we've seen it. Uh, This was a fun match to watch. You saw Yoshida jump guard at the beginning, and he started to play a really cool... I am not entirely certain what it was. It was like a lasso variation that I will have to go back and and re-watch because... I didn't understand kind of the depth and the complexity of the game he was playing. You saw Barrett get some really interesting grips with his feet inside the gi and inside the, inside the lapels, and then he would pummel his feet inside to make space and attempt to sweep over and— it was a very very interesting match, very technical, very high level. You can see these guys are both veterans. you know there was no unneeded movements, no unneeded motions at one point. Barrett goes for a double under and the commentators talk about the depth of Barrett's game and the way he uses like a double overhook um, to get the back and the way he gets the body crucifix sorry the back crucifix from that position. This match was very slow, very technical and you saw both guys not scramble they were both defined in their motions and you could tell that these guys have been at that level on a black belt level for a long time
0: yeah and also this was a point, and some people might have been confused where barrett had a lot of control from a good part of the match but because submissions weigh heavier in the eyes of the referees He's significantly heavier too that's how luciano took it and Barrett just competes. The guy's, again, like, he's he's older. He's, I think he's 40. Yeah. Could be wrong. I don't know what the, the criteria for Masters is, by the way, in this, but it is what it is. It was a great match to watch. It's another match that, yes, you need to go back and watch it again. Yeah, I'll need to watch this a couple times to really understand exactly
1: what Barrett was doing. But the way they were pummeling the feet from the lapels and the transitions that they were doing, it, it was an outstanding match from a technical perspective. And it's really, you know, this was my ma- one of my matches of the weekend because of just the depth of skill you saw both these guys have in display. Also, because of the speed, you know, it was a much slower match. It's something I'll be able to rewatch and be able to pick and choose pieces and parts out of to, to analyze and to learn from.
0: So... Jumping into the main event. Joao Assis. I was so hoping you would fuck that up. I know. I, pr- I literally actually worked on it
1: this week, Josh, because I messed up Joao's name. Meow. Uh, <laughs> Meow's the- name so many times. I was like, I got to get better at that. Or Zhao Gabriel. Zhao Gabriel, Zhao yeah. Assis, Zhao Meow. All three in a row, Josh. Got him.
0: Good. Zhao uh, Assis versus Antonio Braganetto. I was really hoping you would say asses. I don't know, because... That was one episode, Josh. I got over it. (laughs) So this was... Assis very quickly uh, made his way to X-Guard, right? Trying to knock over Neto, and people are thinking, like, oh, yeah, this will get him going. I can't tell you how many times I've seen points where I thought Antonio Braga Neto would get swept, and he just... Stood there, or put his foot down and repositioned himself to not get swept. He's got really excellent
1: weight control, and like you see him in positions where he's gonna go over, he's gonna go over, and he just doesn't.
0: And maybe it was just that. Maybe it was just me because I haven't seen him in a while. In the commentary, talked
1: about that too. That he hadn't, he'd been like hadn't been around for about a year or so, or even longer. I forget exactly what their time frame was, but they had not seen him in a while either.
0: And last time I saw him compete in anything, it was MMA, and it was at 185. So, you know, that's a big difference from where he was. a 220 match. There you go.
1: And We just saw uh, Joao at uh, Nogi Worlds for IBJJF. So, Joao's been competing, you know, pretty frequently, so it's...
0: Right. So, now, Joao thinking, I can't really knock him over. He went for the footlock. So, again, submissions. They're going to weigh heavier, even if you're attempting them... I'm I'm hoping they look at it and go, okay, it's a it's a, it's a good submission, not like a half-ass submission. Are you throwing
1: up trash subs that? are yeah. like, Are you in the single leg x and they're standing and you're going for the ankle lock, or are they down? Are you belly down with the ankle lock? You know, those are two very different ca- like categories of submissions. Like ones, okay, that's a near sub. One is like, okay, you have a position that a sub could be from.
0: Yeah. So Neto then ups the pace, going for his own uh, attack to essentially even it out. Uh, Assis navigates that fairly well and, again, goes for an ankle lock late in the match. That's pretty much all that happened in this match. And it went over to a decision that went to João Assis, just more submissions I'm ass- I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. At least it looked like Assis was a little more active on the submissions. He threw up more sub attempts and that gets him the decision.
0: Yeah, and I love I've loved Antonio Braganetto's game for a long time. Uh when, you know, I was a bad person and would download torrents, he had a all Portuguese uh instructional DVD that I downloaded and watched a lot. He had awesome... I remember watching Worlds where he was in half guard and then shot his leg through and did a calf crank from there twice. It was awesome. Uh, I did that once and I blew out my knee doing it. Is that, the somebody, fight, is that
1: the fight to win? Yeah, not fight to win. The um, super fight you had.
0: No, 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 no. That was a different... That Different was blowing out your knee? Different blowing out my knee, yes. And it was a different knee that I blew out. Josh, wear a knee brace. Damn, man. Knee brace ain't going to help that. I get less fat, and you did that, so good. <laughs> no, that wasn't anything to do with it. I went for that same calf crank, and the person tried a rolling back take, so oh, my leg was going one way, and he rolled the other way, so it just made a pop, and it swelled up, and, uh, and then the other time my knee popped, I was just doing a knee cut, and my leg got tangled up as I was pushing through, and it made a loud, poppy noise as well. And you heel hooked the guy in the gate. Hey, if you're allowed to do it, I'll do it.
1: So that'll do it for Fight to Win Pro 61 in California. Overall, a really good event. Go back and rewatch the Blackwell matches. Go back and rewatch the Brian Mendez versus Ryan Robinson. This was a really interesting match. Uh, there was a interesting control with a Kamora from almost like a 50 50, and Ryan. Uh, gets hamstring slicer. The commentary staff was also super confused by this submission, and they were like, "Oh, when this gets uploaded, we are going to rewatch this." So, if your commentary team is saying it was cool and that they were confused, this is a match. and that they would
0: have to wait for it to be uploaded. They
1: actually got weird about it, yeah, because they they kind of tried to jump around and dance uh, around that. They I were mean, like, "Oh, when it goes up like, soon on the on fight on floor grappling, <laughs> you know, will we watch it?" And you can tell they both had to like. Like, pause to not say, like, "Oh, whenever it goes up,"
0: they were like, "Fuck, we don't want to get Seth in trouble." <laughs> yeah,
1: it was really funny because you heard the commentary staff dance around that sometimes the matches aren't up in a pretty timely manner, but this is one to go back and rewatch because it was a weird submission, and it so was when a, it's
0: up on Thursday, watch it.
1: Probably like, uh, actually, because it was on Saturday card, it might be up
0: Thursday, yeah, <laughs> or next Saturday. <laughs> They've been getting better about it this year, Let's hope. Moving on to upcoming events. Oh, God. I'm Colt leaving Cab- that in now, man. Colt Cabana is going to get mad that I stole that from him.
1: Is that a wrestling thing?
0: Yes, it is. Ah, it, wrestling podcast, at least. It's podcast related. Doesn't make it any better. Well, guess what? It worked. It sounded good. Moving on to upcoming events. <laughs> Ooh. Again, Iron Brown Belt, February 10th. I really hate the name of this competition that they're using. This is Copa podio by the way. I, it's so stupid.
1: This is next weekend, February tenth. Uh, we again next week on the show we're going to cover with the, the Iron Brown Belt. We're going to show we're going to recap the show. The art finishers submission only five. That is a mouthful. Finishers, just call it the finisher
0: series, the, like it's they finishers do. Finishers
1: only sub. It's
0: they call it the finisher series. The all finisher the time.
1: series five. We're going to recap that, but. As far as broadcast events, Iron Copa Podio, Iron Brown Belt event, is this next weekend, as well as Fight to Win Pro sixty two
0: again on a Saturday, again
1: on a Saturday, and I'm not sure why exactly they're on a Saturday.
0: Whatever, I'm not mad.
1: Yeah, they, they use a lot of schools and stuff, so maybe they have to compete with the sports schedules. But possibly, I was used to them typically being on Fridays, so now they're on a Saturday for the
0: next couple of weeks. Whatever, Polaris. <sighs> February 17th. That's going to be a fun weekend. Polaris, February 17th. EBI, February 17th. But the good thing is Polaris is on uh, UK time. So it'll be at a different time than
1: EBI. They're both on fight pass, which I think is super weird. Like you have two grappling events on the same day on the same service. It's an MMA service principally.
0: I mean, whatever. Like it's just a lot of grappling that I'm not upset is happening. You know, I love that. That Polaris is earlier because of the time difference. What's fucking me up is EBI on a Saturday.
1: Yeah, that's weird. it's always on a Sunday. Yeah. It's always like while we're trying to record, we're like, oh, well, we'll catch EBI on Monday. Guess when that shit starts. When does it start, Josh?
0: 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific.
1: Ooh, so we actually might be able to watch this on they're, a
0: Saturday. They're starting it early. I wonder if they're do- – I wonder – Number one, if they're gonna do some pre-fight card matches,
1: some like super fights, but at the beginning, I did mm-hmm. air quotes there for super fights. Super fights at the beginning, they usually throw a couple on. I wonder if there'll be kids. It seems like they're getting away from
0: those kid the matches, kid matches. But they do have those super fight matches in between sometimes. I know there's gonna be that combat jujitsu match in there, which I'm cool with, with. Ben Eddy, the dude with the mustache. Yep, he submitted uh, Wilson Hayes last time. Yes. Um, so we'll see if if I if I'm not home when it's star- I'm not going to be home when it starts. I'll be at work, so I'll be watching on my phone to start. And I know I'm going to put it on do not disturb, so all of the messages that Maine is sending me, like "Did you just see that dumb shit that happened?" I hate it, so those messages don't pop up. And
1: now I get why you don't respond to me for like six hours at a time.
0: Sometimes. Sometimes I, I'm not responding to you at work because I'm at work and I'm supposed to be working because my bosses get mad if I'm looking at my phone and it's not interesting that's going on. And also just sometimes I'm fucking ignoring you because I'm like, I'm I'm not dealing with you right now. Come on. But most of the time at work, I'm, you know, trying not to cut my fingers off or burn myself or, you know, I I work in a restaurant. I, I cook. So, king of the
1: sewers, Josh. I don't have to deal with that. Cutting myself and fingers <laughs> you off. You hide promise.
0: in the sewer? <laughs> I said, I'm king of the sewers. You should but... hide. So you hide in them, and, and you're like, I'm like a ninja have, turtle. I have time to message Josh. I'm going to message Josh.
1: Like him hey, in this sewer. Josh, seen this match?
0: <laughs> and then four hours later, yes. And that was the same thing with yesterday, where he kept texting me. He knew I was refing. I'm not going to be irresponsible and pull out my phone and be like, why, yes, Maine, if you do this, this will happen, and this is the points, and it compounds, and so on and so forth.
1: Josh, I knew you'd get to it eventually, but I had a student who was asking me, and I went, at the level of grappler I am now, I should know these things.
0: Probably. And I don't. But it's on a Saturday. I guess I'll be watching partially on my phone, and then when I get home, uh, and then because Fight Pass is really good with having things up immediately, I'll be able to watch both of these events on Sunday before I record, which is dope. Holy crap. Holy crap. You know, we can't just continue to save the, save the stream because at one point that's what, uh, flow grappling did. They had the whole event and you would just have to jump through it instead of singular matches. Just, just copied the stream and put the whole thing up and then you can break it down and remove the full stream. So you don't no, have no, any no, no,
1: no, don't don't move. Just leave the whole stream up. Sometimes I want to I want to sit down like when I'm making dinner or doing something and just watch an event and rewatch it. I don't want to watch 5 minute ma- I want to watch the whole event and watch the whole black belt card started at, you know, an hour and a half in, watch the whole event like a TV show.
0: Maybe they don't want commentary teams saying that they're really slow at uploading things
1: then don't be really slow <laughs> at uploading things, Josh. I don't know. Josh, people can say, oh, they're really bad at names. And you know how we stop that? We be less bad at names. We be less? We be less bad at names? We be less bad at names, Josh.
0: Interesting. 2019.
1: <laughs> Learner words good.
0: <laughs> the school for kids who can't read good. It's too small. What, are ants going to go there? Zoolander, watch it. Great movie. So after the... You know what else is is that weekend that isn't listed up in our little notes thing right there on What's February seventeenth? Fight to win pro sixty three. That's another one. That's on a Saturday. That's going to be a busy fucking Saturday. Yeah, I might have to skip EBI. I thought you were going to say work. I would have to skip work and watch grappling. Oh no, God, they would be pissed. I might have to skip EBI. Watch Fight to Win. Either stay up late or wake up early and watch EBI and also tell you not to fucking text me about EBI because I'll stab you in the goddamn neck if you spoil it. That's actually reasonable, Josh. I'd be also upset if you spoiled because, EBI for me. Yeah, probably. It's like when I spoil my friend about Dragon Ball Super. He hates that. Nerd alert. So that's that's That might be my plan because, again... Flow Grappling takes for fucking ever to re-upload stuff, and I'm not going to sit here and go, yeah, I, I didn't watch this And Maine's just like, so this happened, and then um, like how you're Yo, that now. voice is terrible <laughs> for me. Seriously, so we need to uh, watch this. Yeah, so we're going to – oh, that's a busy day. The 23rd, which is a Friday, is, is Fight to Win Pro 64. Josh, you're like a month in advance now. No, that's still February. It's just, you know, February is weird and only has 28 days. I hate February. Sometimes it has 29. I don't hate February. That's the month of my birth. I'm going to be old as shit. Josh, I hate February more now. Well, whatever.
1: So we're going to do a little preview of Fight to Win Pro 62 next week. That is in Oakland, California. They've been in California for a couple weeks now.
0: Fine. I'm cool with that because that means the cards start later and I actually get to watch the entire thing.
1: Josh, that means the cards end at like 2 a.m. That's wrong well, for me. Well, I,
0: I might have to buy a cup of coffee on my way home from work and just watch it.
1: That happens. This card is main evented at 185-pound black belt Nogi match. Jake Shields versus Kit Dale.
0: Kit Dale's going to get marked. I
1: th- yeah, I think so. That American jiu-jitsu, Josh. <laughs> no, Jake I'm just, Shields is going to get it with it.
0: <laughs> so he, he rose to fame through the message boards. A lot of people just were like, Kit Dale. Kit Dale's really good. And I'm not saying he's bad, yeah. but... a a big point of contention when he was still a brown belt and when Keenan was still a brown belt was people were like, Kit Dale will fuck up Keenan. And that match happened and Kit Dale did not do that. And Kit Dale has some some good wins against some people, but a lot of his comedy stuff that he put on YouTube was like a reason why he stayed in the light so much, I guess. Not
1: necessarily from a competitive perspective. So I think that's why... I think Jake Shields is... Kind of another level up from, from. I
0: think his wrestling alone is just going to carry him, but then him starting out at under like a Half Gracie and then going over because he's in New York now, uh, training under Henzo and John Danaher. Like,
1: yeah, like he's Jake. We're seeing Jake Shields in a lot more grappling events. We saw him on SUG recently. We saw him on. He
0: hooked Leo Machida. Yeah. That was awesome.
1: We've seen him we've seen him competing on more grappling events recently, and I just think the level of grappling that he has is gonna, you know, trounce Kit Dale. Could be wrong, but that's why I see that going. Comeate yeah. event. Yeah. We have a one fifty five pound black belt nogi match. We have Tragus Tragus.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> Trogdor. Travis Maglet from Bay Jiu-Jitsu versus Marvin Castell from Tenth Planet. Any idea point. what Marvin's gonna try to do in this match?
1: You know, uh Emanardi hook?
0: He's gonna try to.
1: We we will see. We'll yeah, see. a good match. Fifty five. Um, both are good. It should, <laughs> should be a fun matchup.
0: They're good.
1: They good. Josh. On to the next match. We have a two hundred twenty pound pound black belt nogi match. We have Ama- oh.
0: Ahmed White, half crazy Berkeley versus Adam Saknoff from Tenth Planet.
1: We just saw Adam Saknoff get uh, I get sunned. By Cyborg Abreu with 2017 NoGi Worlds, where Cyborg got 25 points on him and was uh, talking to his corner and making jokes. Man, it'll be interesting. It'll be, I think, yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting match. I think Adam is not, you know, as esteemed as Cyborg, so it should be a little, a little more even. Next match, we have a 200-pound black belt gi match. We have Newton Camarizio <laughs> versus Tanner Rice.
0: Newton Case Myro. Casimiro, There we go. Casimiro from Half Gracie Berkeley versus Tanner Rice from Rice Brother Jiu-Jitsu. Tanner used to be like 150 pounds, and now he's just enormous. It's great. 200-pound black belt gi match. Daniel Ripper, La Morinda Jiu-Jitsu versus Christian Hernandez from Sergio Silva BJJ.
1: 200-pound black belt gi match. Omar Cassidy versus Mauricio Alonso.
0: 195 black belt gi match. Again, with
1: the weird weights.
0: 195 is not bad. It's not like 192. At least it's a five pound increment.
1: Sergio Silva versus versus Miles Lucas.
0: 190 pound black belt no gi match. Mike Mitchell from Danville Jiu Jitsu versus Tim Freeman from Inside BJJ and Stockton Jiu Jitsu. 180
1: pound black belt gi match. Dom Hoskins again versus Ron Kessler
0: good job name. good job 175 black belt match match does not has does not have not a key or, no key or no key uh nick green from half gracie versus chris cold iron cold iron cold i like cold iron i do
1: like cold iron cold is cool too though
0: cold yeah cold sounds mythical and cold iron sounds like he's a, like a super famous uh blacksmith.
1: So, Josh, a quick question here. Do you think when they have – we're still looking on Flow Grappling right now. Do you think when they have nothing listed that it's not been decided yet or they've just accidentally not put it
0: up? What do you think? I just don't think they put it up because – Use on your application form you have to put what you want. The way it's worked for me anyway, when we get these match offers, Seth Seth offers it to us, and he says, you know, well, first you put out – What do you, what match you want to do in your application? And then they find somebody and they match you up. Hey, do you want to take this guy? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. And then like literally two minutes later, there's a little graphic. It says, you know, Nick Green versus Chris Calderon or cold iron, you know, 175 pound black belt gi match. It's got a little spiel with it. It's got a link to buy tickets online, all these other things. So I'm pretty sure they know. Just flow grappling doesn't put them up sometimes. Okay, I was
1: just curious. Next match is a 165-pound black belt no-gi match. We have Dustin Akbari from Akbari BJJ versus Darren Cooley from Gracie Fighter.
0: 165-pound black belt gi match. Sean Nick Murad from Gracie Fighter versus James Cotter from FTTC.
1: 60 pounds black belt gi match. Jake Scoville mm-hmm. from Half Gracie versus Vitor. Ooh, Ha-ho-ho. Ho. pas Paschol? paschol?
0: Keep. you Do you want to keep guessing?
1: I don't, actually, Josh.
0: Paschol? Paschol. Uh, Kyotera VJJ. Oh, no. Pochal, I think it is, actually. There's Vitor Yeah, okay. I don't care.
1: 155-pound black belt gi match. Keith Fumane. One World Where is the N in that? That's an M.
0: Fumai.
1: Fumai versus Jeremy Supernate. <laughs>
0: Jeremiah Supernet.
1: Supernet, Josh.
0: Jesus Christ, from Crispin BJJ.
1: One 50 pound, 50 pound black belt gi match. We have Danny Bourguignon from Gorilla Jiu Jitsu versus Esven Esugata from True Fight Club.
0: Danny Bohegan and Esvin Esguera. <laughs> yep, that actually looks one, way better 145 pound black belt nogi match alex Canders, 10th planet versus marcio morea from marcio morea bjj 165
1: pound nogi match doesn't say black belt doesn't say nogi match. i don't
0: think they're ranked i think that i don't think tyson griffin who is one of these one of the competitors. I don't think somebody is ranked and they've done this before when they did Ricky Lule versus, uh, Nikki Ryan, because Nikki's a purple belt and Gordon Lule is a black belt. So Gordon Lule, Gordon, God damn it. I was thinking of Gordon Ryan, Ricky Lule. Thank you for catching that and calling me out on it. Anyway, Ramsey Nijem, who was all, was on the ultimate fighter and was in the UFC. Uh, actually he was on the ultimate fighter twice.
1: Yep. He's on denomination season.
0: American jujitsu. Uh, is he trained with Jake Shields? Interesting. Um, versus Tyson Griffin from Performance Training Center. So I don't know if either of them technically hold rank. If either of them training the Gi. So what, this is a no Gi match. Potentially
1: that's why they don't have it listed as a black belt or brown belt match. But it's at the interface in the card between black belt and brown belts. And after this, we have a bunch of brown belts on the card. And then a bunch of purple belts on the card. And then we have... One looks like two teen matches at the bottom of the card as well.
0: Go up a little bit. I, I want to see this because now I'm almost 100% sure. Keep going that flow grappling just fucks stuff up. Go down, go down. Sorry, I didn't. I... So, yeah, they're. I'm looking at some of the ways that they're spelling these names and I see things and I'm like, I, I really don't think and I can't find it right now. After I told him to stop. Now I can't find it. Uh, there was a name that it said VSN in between something, and it looked like like Van Buren or something like that, but it was VSN Buren, and I totally passed it, and I can't find it. But I'm making a point that it said VSN instead of what I'm assuming was supposed to be Van. So when you look at these names and you look at these matchups, you can't 100% nail down if it's that, that person or not. Because whoever does the spell checking on this or, you know, whoever posts these, there it is. Derek, yes. I'm almost 100% sure this guy's name is Derek Van Ness, not Varick v- Vrissen Ness. They really need somebody on this website to proofread. They need a proofreader before these things get posted. And if this is what they got from them, they need to respond to be like, is this this person's name?
1: Yeah, it's an odd. Hey, you, your name has an odd spelling I just want to verify that your name is spelled this way, and you know your de- your name is Derek V V S N Ness, not Derek V A N Vaness or
0: V E N or Van Ness. Yeah. And mind you, if your name is Van Ness, Van Buren, Van whatever, the V is capitalized. These are the, these are the things. Again, this is just a gripe. Where if I was the common jujitsu guy, this is another thing that would piss me off. I'm paying money for Flow grappling, and you can't get this shit right. Like you have egregious spelling errors, run-on sentences, poor punctuation, poor upload times. Now I haven't had this problem for a while. Poor connectivity.
1: Stream the Nogi Worlds were unwatchable. There you go. Yeah. Well,
0: really, was it Nogi Worlds that it was just... Garbo. Sorry, it, was, it was Europeans. 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 Okay, so it was recently. Never mind. It wasn't a while back. You're taking money from a lot of people. On the low end, let's say, let's say everybody pays that lump sum and you have ten thousand subscribers. You have enough money to hire somebody to spell check. Step up your game.
1: So that'll do it for our gripes for the flow grappling website and spelling and pronunciation section of the podcast. On to other events that are happening next week. We have the Iron Brown Belt event in Europe happening on February 10th in Stockvanger, Norway.
0: It starts at 6 p.m.,
1: whatever time that is in In Norway.
0: So, you know, Google that and and figure it out. And then let us know.
1: (laughs) No. For this card, there's a, a bunch of brown belts from all across Europe that they're putting together in true Copapodio style. If you want to watch it, I think it's a pay-per-view on their website. Typically. It's always a
0: pay-per-view on their website. So that's where you'll find it.
1: We have Alan Qq Ooh, <laughs> these are rough Siku.
0: names. Siku. That's a C. It's some, it's a, it makes an S sound. I'm going to bet you it's Siku. From Belgium. Keep going. No, Josh. No. Alberto Beriasco. There we go. Yes. From Italy. Then you have Bryn Jenkins from the United Kingdom. Imad Omran from Sweden. This is going to be a difficult one. Nuko Wisniewski from Poland. Marcus Phelan from Ireland. Mohamed Abdul Kedarov from Russia. Sandor Lakatos from Hungary. Tarek Hopstock, that's an easy one, from Norway, and Yusef Kador from Spain. The time difference, by the way, between East Coast and Norway is six hours. So it will be at noon, February 10th, East Coast time, which makes that 9 a.m. Pacific time.
1: Not terrible. Uh, Josh, I don't really know uh, these names. I'm None not of them. familiar with any of these guys. Um, the- it's we more grappling to watch the European results. Probably we'll
0: find them. I would assume it's a, European they're all Brown owner. belts. So we might see them on there. Uh, we might not. I have no idea. We don't know if any of these people are competing or not, but it's another thing to watch. Another thing that's going to fill up our day. And that's a long day. And the following week with grappling. So it's something that you should check out. So that'll wrap up this week in grappling and story time and mispronunciation of names
1: yep if you like the format of the show let us know if you want us to go back to the old format of the show let us know that as well
0: as always you can email us at the grappling rewind at gmail.com you can check us out on stitcher itunes youtube and pretty much anywhere you can find facebook podcast we're on facebook grappling rewind instagram grappling rewind twitter Grappling Rewind. Reach
1: out to us on social media. If you got something you want us to cover, you want to clarify, you know, we are here. You want to tell us
0: we're idiots. Hey, let us know. You want us to pronounce your name correctly? Let us know. Subscribe. Subscribe on the YouTube page. Leave us a review. Helps us out a lot. It helps us out. And, you know, it eventually will help you out. We like to give back. We're doing this as something that isn't done. So help us help you. As always, I'm Josh. And I'm Maine. And this is the Grappling Rewind. To see you on the mats.